Courageous leaders of the past. Who are some of those leaders? How do we learn to be effective leaders in our homes, the church, and in the community? What are some of the traits of effective leaders today? Join us today as we talk about being a strong and courageous leader. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. I'm in the studio by myself today, and I'm going to be talking about the topic of being a strong and courageous leader. What can we learn from courageous leaders of the past? I want to begin with some Old Testament talk a little bit about how they were courageous leaders. Moses. It's from Exodus 18, 13 to 23. I'm going to read it and then I'll make some comments. And it came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood about Moses from the morning until the evening. Now, when Moses father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this thing you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? The thing you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I shall give you counsel and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statues and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work that they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place them over leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties and of tens and let them judge the people at all times and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you but every minor dispute they themselves will judge they will bear the burden with you so moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said just a few comments first of all i think a good godly leader knows when to listen to others' advice. And that, that's kind of something that only God can give us because as leaders, uh, we get advice from all kinds of people. But this time, Moses knew to listen to his father-in-law. It was good advice. Moses was trying to do all the work by himself. And really, what the world uses as management styles, having people divided up into uh, directors, executive directors and directors and managers and supervisors and coordinators comes right out of God's word. It's there. It's where the secular world picked up this idea, God's idea through uh, Moses' father-in-law. And it also said that he had to pick godly men, truthful men, men that didn't want dishonest gain. And, and certainly leaders must be able to pick others to work with them in ministry. And that's so difficult today because we're all sinners. But we know there are honest people out there 
And that's what Moses did. He listened to his father-in-law and he did what his father-in-law suggested. So leaders need to understand they must at times listen. Sometimes they're going to get advice that they may not decide to move forward on. So again, it's, it's discernment for those leaders. Moses was one of those courageous leaders. Joshua was another one from the Old Testament. And I'm going to read a little bit uh, from uh, Joshua here. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. That's where I take the topic for today's program. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That's God's word. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, from Joshua 1, verses 5 to 9. And we know that godly people need to be strong and courageous. They need to stand firm. And if we look at Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 uh, verses that we talk about spiritual warfare, over and over you hear stand firm in the faith, stand firm and rest in the faith. And here in the Old Testament, we see that same thing. Uh, again, it talks about meditating on the word of God day and night and be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Now, we know as Christians that we are sinners in need of daily forgiveness, and we will not be able to do everything that is written in it, but we know that we can go to Jesus and he forgives our sins. And so even though it says that we have to do everything, we also know because of our faith in Christ that forgiveness is available for us every day. And that's important too. We don't want to think that we can do it on our own. We can only do it because God walks with us, guides and directs us. Other leaders from the Old and New Testament, Deborah, from Judges 4 and 5. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but I always liked Deborah because here was a woman from the Old Testament who was a judge, a prophetess, a leader who settled disputes. She led people to unite to action and victory. And she was a leader because the men didn't want to be. That was why God allowed her to lead. The men were afraid. Deborah was strong and courageous. And, uh, and so she was used by God to be a leader. You might want to read Judges 4 and 5. Noah, certainly we know Noah was a leader. He followed God even in difficult circumstances. He wanted to build this ark because God had told him to, and people were laughing at him. People were making fun of him. You can't think that they weren't. He believed God even in difficult circumstances. 
and God spared him and his family. And King David in the Old Testament, great story. He sinned mightily and then repented. He had his relationship with Bathsheba. He got her pregnant. When he found out she was pregnant, he sent her husband out into battle to be killed. He was a murderer. And later he lost a son. He repented. I remember uh, teaching that story to some women at Volkerding Village, where I was the spiritual life director many years ago. And um, it was just an amazing thing for them that God called David a man after his own heart. And they said, how can that be? He just did all those terrible things. But he repented and served the Lord. Uh, and And so that's so important. We can do great things for God as leaders when we trust him, when we ask for his daily forgiveness for the things that we do wrong, and we will do things wrong. Uh, David did a lot of things wrong, and yet God used him. God uses sinful people to be his courageous leaders. Joseph in the Old Testament was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers he was faithful through many, many trials and tribulations and used by God. I was on Facebook today. I'm on Facebook, by the way. And um, I saw somebody say, I'm for now on always going to be around happy people. I'm never going to have any sad people around me or angry people around me. And that's the way it should be. And I almost responded, but I didn't because I thought that is not the way it should be. People go through challenges and people get sad and we need to be able to relate to them. And God created all these emotions. Anger is not sinful until we do something with our anger that is sinful. Uh, but we, and, and I almost did a program today on anger, but I chose this one instead. But um, uh, I just disagree with that. Sure, we'd all prefer to be happy all the time, but that's just not real in today's world. It's not the way life is. You won't always be happy. You won't always be healthy. We need to learn to deal with all of our emotions. So I kind of got on a, um, a few comments there that weren't planned, but uh, that's just uh, what happened today when I looked at Facebook. Uh, now I want to jump to the New Testament. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about uh, the courageous leaders of the New Testament, but you know who they are. First of all, of course, Jesus is our ultimate leader. He is not only a man, the son of God. He is true God and true man at the same time. And we follow Jesus. And I hope that everything we do through this program always points you to Jesus as the savior of the world, the one that came into our world, who existed before he came, became a man and lived the life that we are unable to live. Jesus was the perfect one. He never sinned and, uh, and he suffered in our place and he died. And thankfully he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from the dead and his apostles and disciples before they saw him after the resurrection. 
even before Pentecost, they were locked in a room and afraid. They were scared. They knew the Jews were after them. And then after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit had come to them, after they had seen Jesus, they proclaimed Christ to the world. And, and I just have a one verse here, um, or a couple verses here in Acts, Acts 5, 28 to 29. And the high priest questioned them, Peter and the other apostles, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, Jesus. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us because they thought they were blaming them for Jesus' death. But Peter and the apostles answered and said, we must obey God rather than men, from Acts 5, 28 and 29. Very appropriate verse today, as our culture is causing us to say the same thing. We must obey God rather than men men in some things. In our world, our culture is upside down and the life issues have been going on for 40 years, but it, it just continues as the government makes decisions that go against God's word. And uh, certainly the government at Jesus' time was even worse than ours. So uh, we need to um, uh, be faithful people but always be loving in our approach. So the apostles and the disciples, they obey God rather than men in that verse. And then uh, Aquila and Priscilla instructed Apollos from Acts 18. Let me read this. You may not be as familiar with this. And Paul, having remained many days longer, took leave of the brethren, put out to sea for Syria. And with him were Priscilla and Aquila. And they came to Ephesus, and he left them there. That's one story about Aquila and Priscilla from Acts 18, 18 and 19. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, an uh, Alexandrian by birth, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. That's not the baptism of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And later he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Now here again is a courageous leader Mighty in spirit, a very good speaker, but he didn't know the end of the story. He only knew the baptism of John. That's the beginning of the story. Remember in the Gospels when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist? Uh, it, he didn't know the end of the story, and yet he was speaking for Jesus. He just needed to be instructed a little bit more. And again, he allowed Priscilla and Aquila to teach him. He listened to them and he accepted their teaching. Sometimes even Christians are out there 
thinking they're speaking for Jesus, but they don't have the end of the story. So we need to know God's word. I was just writing uh, an article for our email newsletter about our counter cult ministry. And I said, you know, one of the reasons we picked our name, uh, Ephesians 616, take up the shield of faith is because many people in today's world can't discern truth from error because they don't know the word of God. And we need to know what it says. Old Testament and New Testament, we need to know what it says. And it's important uh, that we do that. And that's part of Family Shield's culture, that we want to help people certainly know about family issues, but most importantly, know Jesus and be able to discern truth from error in biblical issues, because it's easy to be misled into cults and the occult and other religions when you don't know God's word. Um, I want to make a few announcements and then I'll come back to uh, continue this discussion. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, one 877 250-8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice Dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Why not put Family Shield Ministries into your will or estate? Most people want to give the majority of their assets to their family, but many also put a favorite nonprofit ministry into their estate to receive 5 or 10% of it. Family Shield's estate program is entitled Generations Legacy. Your gift will allow us to continue the ministries for many generations and beyond your lifetime. For more information, contact us at witness to family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I want to go back to my topic, and I'm still talking about courageous leaders, but I want to ask you who are some courageous leaders in your life. Who points you to Jesus? Hopefully it's your pastor and your church leaders, your parents, 
your grandparents. So many times I hear wonderful stories from people about their grandparents and how they just kept praying for them when they were kind of led in a way that was against God's will. And uh, eventually, uh, through their prayers, the Lord brought them back. But we want to point people to Jesus. And I think strong, courageous Christian leaders will do the same thing. Uh, Today, God continues to raise up new strong and courageous leaders. Uh, I want to just share a few things that I think a Christian leader should focus on. Uh, And sometimes in today's world, these things are not done uh, as they should be. Uh, First of all, we want to focus on the gospel and faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. And I I don't know if I created this years ago or if someone else did, but the word grace can stand for, each of the letters stands for a different word, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's really what grace is all about. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-7 This is the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He arose and appeared to the apostles and 500 believers. And last of all, to me, and of course, the apostle Paul is is, uh, writing that. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So again, Jesus is the best courageous leader that we have, but he works with us and makes us his leaders. Uh, Courageous leaders should focus on God's word, prayer, and rely upon the Holy Spirit to guide and direct them. I'm going to come back to this in a minute, but um, let me just ask you again, who are the leaders in your family? Sometimes people think you have to be in charge of a great big organization to be a leader, but that is just not true. Leaders are leaders in their families, fathers and mothers and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles. They lead and direct and love their children. And sometimes they're not good leaders, but um, but we can pray that they can be good leaders. And of course, we want our congregational leaders to be godly people. Sometimes in today's world, we hear of many sins, people that are doing things that are just horribly wrong. But God doesn't want that. That isn't his desire. It's just that some people are led astray into false uh, directions. I have uh, just a few um, comments I want to make about traits of effective leaders as we um, um, move toward the end of the program. And uh, this isn't from the Bible, but I thought that they were excellent ideas for traits of effective leaders. Uh, uh, An effective leader has a vision for ministry. An effective uh, leader are effective leaders are mission directed and can see beyond the horizon. They understand the things of God. An effective leader will make changes like Moses did. They'll listen and has clear goals. An effective leader cares about people and has good people skills. You're not going to be an effective leader if you can't deal with the people. An effective leader exhibits a willingness to stand up and be shot at 
Many times what they want and what they believe is what God wants. Others don't think is accurate and they will have to be have to stand up and be shot at. People will say negative things about them. That happens. An effective leader has the courage to make tough decisions, especially for their ministry. Again, in a loving way, but sometimes tough decisions. An effective leader can motivate and inspire other people. They're risk takers. They have an entrepreneurial attitude. They exhibit a strong belief in themselves. They're flexible in management styles. There are so many different management styles, and they have to be a little flexible depending on who they're working with and what that person wants. They have high energy and concentration level. They can tune out and just think through and analyze things, analyze issues and problems that they have to overcome. They have strong organizational abilities. They have to have. They have the ability to network. And that we could talk about that a long time, but just network and understand where everything fits. I believe so firmly that nonprofit organizations today, especially parachurch organizations that do not collaborate with other like-minded ministries are not going to be here in 15 or 20 years. Whether they're big or small, collaboration is critical. And they, uh, those um, effective leaders are also creative and innovative. They think outside of the box sometimes. That doesn't mean that they give up God's word. They just are willing to look at other options and yet always go back to the word of God. It's so important. As I said a little earlier, they rely upon the Holy Spirit to guide and direct them. I just want to read a few more verses. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you from John fourteen, sixteen to 17. I was hoping to have time to read the whole chapter of uh, John 14, but I'm not going to have time as we end the program. But uh, those those verses in John, uh, uh, sometimes we call them the high priestly prayers. They're all in red if you have a Bible that has Jesus' words. They're sometimes very difficult to understand, but there's a lot there. And here, you know, the, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, who is the counselor, who comes and lives inside of us. He tells us Christians have the Holy Spirit living in them. And the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John fourteen twenty six. So the Lord sends that spirit to help us understand. And when they deliver you up, do not become anxious about what you will speak, for the Lord will give you the words in the minute that you need them. So uh, as we end our program today, I want to just mention again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. And uh, if you want to learn more about our ministry, you can go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.